Hello, everyone. This is Noah and John. We are from Urban Digs. We are talking Manhattan. John, we're going rentals today. We got we got the top dog. We got Gary Mallon bringing out the big guns. Big guns. Listen, we, we have no choice, right? We we gotta go. We gotta go big or go home. That's right. Always, always on this show. He's the CEO at Corcoran. Um, I've known Gary a long. We go ways back. I know him a long time. So whenever I need an update on what's really going on out there, I bring him on. So Gary, you know, without further ado, um, I know the rental market's got its challenges. I know vacancy rates are, are at high levels, but could you please specify where are those rates? What are rental trends, right? In terms of price trends, general market update, what's happening? Sure. I mean, there's something we call the visible vacancy rate, which is what that gets reported out there in the world because we all know that the rental market isn't necessarily transparent and mm -hmm. it doesn't behoove any owner to really put out all of his or her vacancies so they put out selectively what they want marketed publicly but behind the scenes we know there's a lot more availability so the visible rate is a little over five percent and just to put that into context assuming that was the actual number which it's not during the great recession it never got higher than two and a half percent so just it's double what it was just from the visible rate. Right. However, a year ago, it was, you know, barely above 1%. So what you're talking about is obviously a seismic shift in the vacancy rate here in the city. But the actual true vacancy rate is very likely about 20%. If you talk to any owner and understand what's going on with their portfolio and understanding what's going on with the marketplace, you know that's likely the number. Now, some have obviously done a better job at maintaining their vacancies. So theirs are gonna be a little bit lower. Some are pressing forward with their pricing strategies, concession strategies, and their vacancies continue to rise. But I think a lot of them are just hoping for a better day and they don't wanna quote unquote, give away the farm. So this is unlisted inventory that's hard to track when you're tracking the 20% shadow of a vacancy rate. Could you give any indication, like when the market was at 1% vacancy a year ago, what was that shadow rate potentially at? You know, it was probably not much higher than that because the truth right. is there was such little inventory available. It made no sense to not expose your inventory to the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So it was a very close to an equilibrium then. It could have been slightly higher, um, but not anything as drastic as we're seeing right now. And what about prices? John, one quick, about prices. Are prices down? Like I know, I know. Oh, yeah, prices are down tremendously. I mean, I would think that prices are probably down at least 20% not factoring in concessions, just gross to gross, you're probably talking close to 20%. And depending on where your last lease was, it could actually be down even further than 20%. If you were fortunate enough to get an above market deal, um, you know, you're probably suffering a little more now than you, you otherwise would have. Wow, that's interesting. So, so let me ask you this, Gary, I mean, with, with rental supply, I mean, shattering sort of, you know, record highs, you know, when, when do you see that trend changing? I mean, there's so many variables at play. Um, I certainly don't see 2021 going to be a very strong year mm -hmm. for the rental market because look what's going on right now with the virus. All we hear is about an uptick in the virus. The rates are rising in the city. I think some people are concerned there could be another shelter in place order coming down the pike if things don't get better. Hopefully we don't get there. And even if we land up getting there, hopefully real estate remains an essential business because last time it wasn't a, a, an essential business. So if you're talking about going into the winter right now, which is historically the slowest time of the year for the rental market, right. even if it's the best rental market in the world, you know, November, December, January is historically a good month, but February is, you know, another big drop off because no one wants to look in the dead of the winter. If you just look ahead for the next four months, 
there's no reason to believe you're going to see any uptick. I was just on the phone before this call with a, a managing agent, a very large portfolio of uh, properties here in the city. And he said last week was the slowest week he has seen since June. Now, the question is, was that election week related? People mm -hmm. fearful there might be some violence, you know, rioting. Who's to say what will go on in the city? Or is it the fact that we're simply hitting a wall, that it's winter, that the virus has gone an uptick? People are saying to themselves, I haven't experienced the virus during winter, right? We were fortunate that when we left the city, it was getting into nicer weather. So there's a lot of variables at play. But the biggest one is the amount of inventory. If you speak with a lot of owners and you ask them what's going on with their portfolio, I could rent five apartments today, but they might've got seven non-renewals tomorrow. So now you're net up two, even though we rented five apartments. So the fundamentals really won't get better in my view until the city is truly the city. Meaning you can go inside to have dinner. You can go inside to a bar and watch a game and hang out with your friends. The Broadway's open, the museums are open, sporting events. Like the real reasons why people live here, you know, absent just the job related market situation, those things need to come back to justify people coming back in droves. Now, it isn't as though there isn't business going on. There's definitely business, there's definitely transactions. It's just not at the sort of pace and volume to absorb all of these listings. So I think we're in for a, you know, hopefully a less bumpy road in 21, assuming there's no um, shutdowns. But there's just so much inventory that needs to work itself through the system before we can get to a stability standpoint. Hey, Gary, um, where was that inventory in relation to the great financial crisis? Are we we've surpassed that level? Oh, yeah. The amount of inventory on the market right now, we're not even close. I mean, as I said, like back then, the vacancy rate was about two and a half percent. So maybe it was higher, let's just say, because the visible rate and the actual rate didn't correspond as much back then either. Because there were, So let's just say we wanted to double it for argument's sake. It was five percent. We're talking the real one now is probably closer to 20%. So you're talking four times as much property on the marketplace now mm -hmm. than there was at any point. And I've been in this business since 1998. Um, I've never seen anything like this, obviously. No owner that I speak with has seen anything like this. And listen, it's really a matter of no one's seen a circumstance like this virus that has really you know, taken a hold of our city. But the one thing I think we should all hold tight to and believe in that New York City is resilient. New York City will come back. Um, people want to live here. People want to be here. It's mm -hmm. just a matter of those extra items that make you really excited to live here, like the social life, need to start coming back yep. to sort of get people to come back in droves. But listen, if you're a tenant, you should be thrilled right now if you want to live in the city because you're getting the best deals you've seen in I don't know how long. So tenants really are in the driver's seat right now, and, and they should take advantage of that. And, and owners, listen, owners are smart. They want to fill their apartments. Are they happy where prices are? Are they happy where concessions are? Are they happy where incentives are? No. But the reality is you have to capitulate to the market or yeah. your vacancies will just continue to grow and grow and grow. And then it's a, it's a problem that you're going to keep on facing. Yeah, that's if, if could I could I dive into that for a second? I just if you could just take us into the world of what OPs are looking like right now and you know how are they right now compared to the peak shutdown COVID era? Um, you know, listen, I don't think the concessions are, have gotten any better if you're an owner. Mm -hmm. I think that you know, over half the deals we do have some form of concession on them. Um, and that that will trend up now that we're going into the next three or four months. Um, you know, depending on who the owner is and depending on what his or her feeling about their portfolio is, will sort of determine how much they're giving. You know, one month going all the way up to I've seen four months free. 
-hmm. plus paying the broker, plus offering moving expenses, plus giving free gyms, free Wi-Fi, you name it. Plus the 20% discount. What? Plus a 20% discount. Exactly right. I mean, listen, it is what it is. I mean, it's always about the law of supply and demand. Like I always tell, you know, an owner, it's like, you know, during normal circumstances, your tenant uh, pool, you're swimming in the deep end of the pool. There's always a lot of tenants out there for you to draw from. So although maybe this tenant doesn't want your unit, there's likely a few people coming in behind this tenant in the next couple of days. Whereas now we're in the kitty end of the pool and it's very shallow. So you mm-hmm. got to really do your best once you have a tenant to get that tenant in, to get them the right incentive, to not let go of them. Because the truth is what's really happening in this marketplace, which is different than ever before, is because of the rent law changes a few years back, I mean, not a few years back, a little over a year, um, the application fee is $20, right? Not $100. So tenants are putting in four or five applications at a time. And they're not necessarily always concerned about what building they want to live in or what neighborhood they want to live in. They're concerned about who's going to give me the best possible deal. So they're negotiating against every owner. And there's always one owner that is likely going to be a little more aggressive than another. And these people will literally jump from a building to a different building, even if it's not where they want to live for that extra incentive, whatever. And it might be very small, but to Mm -hmm. them, it's like, why not take advantage when I could take advantage? Yeah. And, you know, Halal Freed said this, John, um, buyers and renters, they're great hunters right now. You know, they're great hunters and he's on the, you know, he's boots on the ground, seeing it and dealing with us. You know, uh, Gary, um, you know, you talk about all this inventory um, and we see it out there. Is a lot of that unsold new development inventory that's now converting? No, no, that, 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 that trend is not really out there. I'm sure there's some of it out there, but the reality is this is just straight up rental product. Wow. Um, You know, and obviously, you know, condo owners who own their own individual units that have had them as investment properties, it's not all of a sudden you're taking, you know, these assets. The truth of the matter is, if you want to look at what's going on in the sales market, the sales market is doing really well right now, comparatively yeah. speaking. Yeah. I think if you look at the sales market in comparison to the rental market, the sales market has long time thinkers. They're thinking about, I'm getting a really good deal now. It's mm-hmm. trading at 15, 20% below. Five years, seven years, yeah. I'm looking down the line and yeah. I know that if a vaccine comes out soon, I know, you know, regardless of who you wanted to vote for in the election, hopefully we're going to get that settled very soon. And, and there'll just be calmness in the marketplace and the, the temperature level of our society will go down a little bit. I think buyers understand that with a vaccine, with the political landscape, hopefully settled, that the long-term prognosis of New York City is great. And like everyone wants to buy low, right? However, a lot of people miss the low because they're waiting to get the last dollar. Right now, I think the fundamentals of the sales market have really shown that we're showing a nice upswing in in volume and activity and price points. The rental market, because it's such a transient market, and you can come in at any time you want, and you can leave at any time you want, and you're not looking for an investment purpose, right? It's just a place to live. Mm-hmm. I think that people look at it differently, and I think that's why the volume numbers on the rental side have been so struggling because, listen, most people, you know, if they left the city over the summer, it's because they didn't need to be in the city over the summer. Their offices weren't necessarily requiring them or needing them to come in. Why not live outside the city, spend yeah. some time outside, enjoy yourself? But listen, there's plenty of people coming back into the city. It's just not enough to offset the numbers of vacancies at the moment but the yeah. reality is long term we're good i i think that's a i think that's a fantastic point gary and i'm curious do you think that the sales market is sort of siphoning off uh, any parts any decent percentage of would-be renters 
with Listen, if you look if are. you look at if you look at what's going on in the sales market, you know, the sub two million dollar market, the sub one million dollar market has been yep. doing really, really well. As a percentage of the overall deals and transactions, it's a pretty strong deal. So the reality is yes, there's definitely people out there who otherwise would have been in the rental market, whether it's parents buying for their children as investments mm -hmm. or people just buying uh, because they look at the trade price and they say to themselves, look, I plan on living in the city for five to seven years. This makes sense, especially at these transactions. So there's definitely a segment of the, po the population that is buying versus renting, but I don't think it's a significant enough percentage which really is driving the market. I just think that people don't get to enjoy the benefits of the city as much so it's just a hard equilibrium. But the reality is, you know, if you talk to people, they want to be here. And I think the news yesterday with Pfizer, you know, I think it's giving people hope that, you know, maybe three, six months down the line, we're going to be in a better position than we are right now. Yeah, it's really such an amazing point. You know, Gary, what would you tell those brokers that are meeting these these resale renters, these, these um, condo and potentially co-op owners, I guess, even though less so, um, and and you know, they don't know what's going on out there. Like how, how does that broker breach that barrier real quick and just slap them in the face? What do they say? I mean, look, you have to tell someone what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And I think that if you're a broker that doesn't want to give the reality of the circumstances to someone you're talking to, you might buy the listing temporarily, but you're going to lose the listing because your credibility is going to go out the door. There's enough statistics, there's enough information, there's enough you know, proof of what's really going on out there. And it's like, you gotta tell someone the truth and let them make a decision. Like, what is your best interest? I tell a lot of owners that I talk to, it's like as much as they don't wanna hear what I have to say, although they know what I'm going to say, the reality is you need to live to fight another year. This is one of those years, give or take, maybe a year and a half, whatever it is, where you're not going to be in control. You've had a really great run since the Great Recession. You've done extremely well. Unfortunately, all markets have cycles. This wasn't a cycle that anyone anticipated, of course, because of you know the shock to the system. But it doesn't always shine, you know, out there in the world. Every now and then, it's going to rain. And when it rains, you have a choice: like either you capitulate to the market, you get someone in your apartment, you get some revenue coming in, and then you live to fight a year or so when that lease is up. And if you're not willing to do that, then all you're gonna do is chase the market down because as your apartment sits longer and longer and longer, it becomes less valuable. And, and I just wanna say something, John. I mean, Gary, for all those people listening to this, Gary sits on top of this, this huge pile of data that nobody has access to. Okay, and he sees all this data coming in. And the advice that he's telling you right now is such amazing advice. I mean, Gary, if everyone listened to you, well, the dynamics of the rental market would completely shift in a short period of time. 40%, 50% of that inventory would get off the market. Granted, not at a level that, that they want, but you know, ultimately they're gonna get there anyway because that's where the market is. And the whole dynamic would, would change. Yeah, I mean, listen, I understand and respect where owners were coming from, coming out of the shelter in place order where we were now allowed to get back into business, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. If you want to use your intuition and you say to yourself, we're in the summer, there's pent up demand, et cetera, et cetera. Why am I going to mark to market now when I don't actually know what the market is? So the good thing about the rental market is you can mark to market within minutes versus the sales market historically takes a little bit more time because people don't really react as quickly. So if you came out of that shutdown, you came into the summer season, I think there was a lot of hope that all this pent up demand would sort of be there. 
which it was, but in nowhere near the levels that people wanted it to be, number one. Right. And I don't think they anticipated as many non-renewals during that time as well. And then on top of all of that, then there was this psychology like, okay, the summer season's going to be delayed. Hiring's delayed. Everything's delayed. So maybe September, October, November will be our season. So a lot of owners will sort of convince themselves that the better times are coming. And the ones that took a little more realistic approach or the ones that took a little more aggressive approach, listen, not every owner is created equal, right? There's new people that are highly leveraged. There's old people, you know, old time owners that have owned their assets for many, many years that don't have that same pressure. And they can sort of make that decision really quickly and say to themselves, I got to stay ahead of this. So, you know, everybody has a different agenda. Everybody has a different game plan. But I think there was a lot of variables at play if you're an owner that sort of might have convinced you of the wrong decision. And you ultimately are now potentially paying that price. Because listen, if you're giving away three or four months, okay, plus paying the broker, plus getting moving expenses, whatever the case is, Ultimately, from a qualification standpoint, those people aren't going to be living in your building when their lease is up. In the next 16 months, they can't afford to live there because typically they couldn't afford to live there now, but for all the great incentives that you're giving. So a lot of people need to not just think about what today's lease is going to be. It's also what's the renewal world going to look like and what sort of market am I going to be in then? And I think no one knows. Like, we don't know when the vaccine's coming out. We don't know how long it's going to take to get the vaccine widely distributed. It might come out in January, but it's gonna to go to those at risk first and frontline workers, and will eventually find its way to the rest of the population. And then there's be plenty of people who aren't gonna to wanna to take a vaccine right away. So there's so many things that none of us can really pinpoint to say what's going to change it. All you could do as a broker, and all you could do as an owner is understand where you are now and make an intelligent, informed decision because if you hold on to hope, unfortunately, in this market, it hasn't really paid off yet. Yeah, you can hope all you want in one hand and you can crap in the other and see which gets filled first, Gary. Yeah. You know what I'm Listen, you know, I understand that there's a lot of, you know, sort of difficulties from owners, depending on what circumstances they're in. Yeah. But you got to just understand the circumstances and you got to say to yourself, your first loss in life is sometimes your best loss in life. If you yeah. marked the market a few months ago and you gave the market what it wanted, you likely would have done more deals. But instead, you went down $100 or $50 and you did one month instead of two. And it's like this slow step down. And then you eventually find out like, wow, had I done this deal three or four months ago, it wouldn't have hurt as much. Because if you didn't want to give away a lot of money two months ago, but you didn't rent your apartment for three more months, aren't you in the same exact financial position? Yeah. You are. But it's a matter of understanding and sort of, like I said, like everyone has a philosophy about how to rent his or her properties. No one's right or no one's wrong. Because like I said, everyone's financials are different. Yeah, well, it's a great point. I mean, you mentioned the uncertainty aspect. And, you know, I think when you when you look at that, if you're a renter now, it makes a lot of sense to try to book the longest lease you can because the incentives are fantastic. And I'm curious on the landlord side, are they trying to shrink those lease times to sort of compensate for the uncertainty or are they looking to also sort of maximize the, the lease? I mean, I don't think times? many owners are willing to do, you know, long-term leases at this point. I think they feel they're giving away the house at the moment. Um, they wow. pretty much hope that in a year from now, we're going to be in a more stable market where they don't need to be locked into these long-term leases. So, you know, there's definitely people out there that are doing two-year leases because if someone's a really good client and someone really wants to live in this building and you can amortize out these costs over the course of time and you say to yourself, look, 
I'm never going to be able to fill 100% of my vacancies in a year from now right away. So if I have a certain percentage that have a longer tail, maybe it's not the best deal for me at that point. I'd rather be in that circumstance than have a 30% turnover in my building over a, a condensed four-month time period. Right. So it's basically, you know, if you're a renter, now strike while the iron's hot because this this is the time. You know, John, I just want to say, really, I think, and Gary, everything that you're saying, I, the conviction is high. I, I feel like for, for renters more than buyers, even on the commercial side too, man, if you could lock in a two-year two year or even a longer-term rate right now, you, you are you're going to be very happy in three, four years time. Um, if, oh, you look, if you look at the commercial market, the sublease uh, space that is out there is tremendous. And the I discounts mean, yeah. and the discounts to current rents, you know, are tremendous. Yeah. And you can get, you know, if you could find a long-term sublease deal, there's instances where you could probably save 40%, if not more, on your current rent obligation. So, you know, there's opportunity in the market. You know, everyone always loves to look at the negative and everyone wants to look at how bad things are. And, and the reality is, you know, markets are cyclical. This is a little more acute than most, but there's opportunity, whether it's in the retail front, whether it's in the office front, whether it's in the investment front, whether it's the sales and rental front. If you look at it like New York City is fundamentally a place people will wanna be when this world goes back to sort of normal then now is the opportunity to see what you can do to take advantage of that. Because listen, if I'm an owner, the things switch in my favor, I'm playing hardball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, this has been amazing. John, uh, I'm done. You got any questions for Gary? No, or... I, 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 I think my brain's exploding already. <laughs> I, I love it. We, John, we, John, we can't afford that. We have enough other issues right now. We need your brain. Noah's just the face guy. You're, you're the brains behind the operation. Oh, come on, Gary. I thought I was both. <laughs> I got to give Noah a little credit. I've known him All longer. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. That is Thanks, Gary. It's a pleasure. Of course. Thanks, Gary. John Walkup. I am Noah Rosenblatt. We're from Urban Digs. We're talking Manhattan, and we'll catch you next time.